Welcome back, y'all. We're back here in my room, in Kieran's room. It's snowy as hell outside. It is not nice here today. And uh, we're recording a rare daytime episode. We never really do this, do we? No, we don't, because I worked in today. So we have a little scheduled break, just to give you guys the shittier podcast. Yeah, yeah, you throw on the busy on teams, and you're like, all right, I'm busy. Um, So... More excitingly, we have another sponsor for today's video. And on top of the sponsor, we also have a giveaway. So we'll, we'll announce giveaway after. I know that's all y'all care about, but I got a good sponsor role for you here, okay? This episode is proudly sponsored by Jingyang Dumplings and Noodles. They serve the most authentic, handmade, Szechuan-style dumplings and noodles. Located in Rosedale, Toronto, Canada, or Chengda, China, visit today. And mention you're from the Shift Gear podcast, and you will get a free bowl of fiery chili oil wontons. Guys, it doesn't get better than that, man. You need a free bowl of wontons when you say you're from here. No, I love it. Go there today. No, it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to to the owners of uh, of the noodle shop, Sunny and Adrian, for sponsoring this week's episode. Really appreciate it, guys. So, yeah, all you guys, please go check them out. Uh, fantastic noodles and, and wontons there. And wait, before I uh, before I carry on, do we know if this is a a real place? It's like real in our hearts. <laughs> okay, so it's like Ali Reza Shawarma. It's like Ali Reza Shawarma. The amount of people that like quote tweeted or like responded back to me and sent a picture of that guy's backyard at eight seven five Seals Avenue last week was insane. Like so many people were like, "Yo, where's this place?" And they just sent me pictures of dude's backyard. So yeah, I'm but- sorry for anybody who may have traveled there, but uh, I warned you, it was capped. No, but if the demand is high enough, I think Adrian and Sonny should make this a real place. Oh, 100%. And then they should do that promotion for the Shift Gear, Shift Gear listeners. Uh, I, I mean, I might walk into a Chinese restaurant today and ask podcast to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> to pretend we're famous and see something, see if something happens. All right, yo, next time we go to Rolson, we'll ask. <laughs> yeah, done. Easy. So, right. excitingly, you have a giveaway yes. that you want to announce for, for all the listeners this week. And this is the first time we've ever done this. This yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, so to celebrate... Uh, Giratina success at the Portland Regional Championships. We're giving away two copies of Giratina V-Star, uh, graciously given to us by Manta Trades, located up in Markham. So thank you so much, Manta, for, for supporting us in the podcast and for our listeners. Uh, so yeah, to enter, all you got to do is follow Anil and myself on Twitter, uh, at Kieran underscore TCG, at TCG Anil, uh, or Anil TCG, like yeah, TCG Anil uh, on yeah. Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the Shift Gear YouTube, and then just comment, just write a comment that you want to be in the giveaway, or just comment anything on our on our YouTube, and we'll just automatically enter you. Comment your um, comment your favorite deck. Yeah, comment, comment your favorite what deck. Your favorite deck is right now. Um, and sorry, one more thing. Also follow Manta Trades on Twitter. Oh, and follow Manta Trades. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna go through and choose a random commenter, uh, and verify they met all the requirements, and then we will message you and ship it to you entirely for free. Uh, two Garatina beat stars, like Karen said. Thankfully, from uh, Manta Trades. So if you need anything. There you guys. Yeah. No, great store located out in Markham. Uh, every time I, I come by, uh, always treated super well. They have a great player base. If you live in the GTA or if you ever just visited the GTA, definitely go check them out. 100%. So this week, we uh, we were treated to Portland Regionals. And like, something about Portland, there's always some weird stuff going on out there. So we have a lot to go over today in terms of like what did well. There's a lot of decks that I didn't expect to do well that did well. Um, unfortunately, Gardevoir did not win the tournament like I predicted, <laughs> but you know what? Like, it was one of the big three, so it, it really doesn't make sense. So, and like, on top of all of that, I think I can speak on behalf of both of us that we're so happy for our boy John Eng, who finally pushed through and got one done. 
Yeah, it was long overdue, honestly. Uh, mm. really, I think that was like his like ninth or 10th like top cut in Masters, so no, definitely a deserving player. Uh, nice to see him mm. finally take home a trophy. It was in like the weirdest way possible, too. Yeah, that, 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 final. that finals, like game one was crazy, like, because they're like, oh, John has this locked up, and then they come back. Game two, I'm like, oh, it's done. And they come back. Game three, like, oh, you prize two Tina, the game's done. And then Sam was just like, draw a pass, or draw a Bisseek, so the finals was great, besides the last game, but no, I definitely yeah. recommend watching it if you want an entertaining match. 100%. Uh, so let's go over some of these, like, weird decks that we saw this weekend. Um, like, we can start, like, there's obviously a, a ton of results here on, uh, mm-hmm. on Limitless, but let's start with the top eight. Let's see, um, let's go through a couple things from the top eight. So uh, the finals is obviously an all Giratina finals, uh, very similar list as these archetypes kind of tend to be. Um, but there is always a little bit of space for skill expression in those finals. And obviously to get to the finals, you have to be quite a proficient player. So we saw some pretty good gameplay in the finals there. Yep. Um, was there anything about these lists that kind of stood out to you or they're just kind of bare bones? Uh, yeah. So a couple things, uh, both of them don't play Iona. They both play double Roxanne. Mm-hmm. Um, John played two boss, which I think has been, and so did Sam actually. Um, but mm-hmm. So I think that's something that people have been talking about. I think just having the option when you're tied or like even you're ahead in a lot of games uh, to be able to get guaranteed Gust. It does seem most lists play three Gust, two Countercatcher, one boss, or the other way around like these did. Um, and then Sam also played the TM Devolution, which I thought was interesting. Um, that definitely improves your Gardevoir matchup a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Just having the ability to like not take prizes right away. So you like disable Reverse Energy, you disable Countercatcher, and then when you are ready to take a prize, then you just devolve everything. It's also good against Charizard, so... Uh, to me, that's what sticks out the most. But other than that, no. Like, I think they're both just pretty standard lists. They both play Poke Gear, trying to be consistent. They have the Roxanne. Uh, they play Four Path. Uh, Sam didn't play Manaphy, but I think we've been seeing that. It's like a 50-50 split. People play Manaphy or not. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing like too crazy. I think Devolution TM is probably the most unique card in this list. Yeah, I like that. And I actually really like, I, I really enjoy no Manaphy in Giratina. I don't, I, I don't feel you need it. It's It's one of those cards like, gonna be good one out of ten games and when it's good it's it's pretty good but i don't think it's worth holding that slot same kind of argument i make for spirit tomb yeah um in tina um the other thing i really liked about their list is i do like uh double boss one counter catcher but the one thing that daniel hugard did actually that we were talking about on friday is he played double boss double counter catcher yeah which just allows you a little bit more versatility to kind of like go about taking your prizes and stuff but i think that one devolution like you said like it kind of takes that spot and it it, it, it's a good utility card. So instead of having that fourth guess, you have a devolution. I think it's fine. So, yeah. like you said, yeah, both solid lists. Um, when you get to this point of a deck's existence after a year and a bit, like it's kind of refined already what it's going to look like. So, yeah, no, that was good. Yeah. Uh, we saw in top four Gardevoir and a Meloetta Mew. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? Not really. Like both of these aren't really surprising to yeah. see. These are both just like standard decks like that we've seen since they've came out. Um, I mean, Bodhi's list, I looked at it, like, I have it pulled up here right now. It's pretty standard, like, there's nothing special in it. Um, it's very standard. Super yeah. standard list. Consistent, double countercatcher, collapse, starters on, vacuum, four Iona, one research. So, yeah, like, I think it's probably as standard as you can get. So, obviously, Bodhi piloted super well this weekend. Uh, then Mew, I guess, maybe it's different. We have seen DTE Mew do well. I mean, I feel like Fusion Mew and DTE Mew just take turns, like, doing well, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, look at this list. There's nothing, nothing crazy in it. Um, same as we've always seen. 
you know, you got the box of disasters in there. Uh, there's Ice Q, which I think is something that ebbs and flows in play, which was interesting. Uh, but yeah, just standard Mew. I don't know. Do you have anything to expand I do like on me some Ice Q. Yeah. I, I will say I do like Ice Q a lot, especially in like this format when there's so many like one prize Pokemon on the bench and stuff. So I like Ice Q because he's a little bit more versatility. Um, as far as the Guardian goes, the one thing I noticed that stuck out to me was no Avery. Mm. So not hitting mirror, trying to avoid mirror, or just playing around it. You don't really need it. It's just yeah. a win more kind of card. And then also uh, no Turo, which was, yeah. I assume he just dodged all the, the Snorlax. So. Well, I mean, Giratina, we can talk about this later. It was like the biggest deck in day two. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I just feel like Giratina's kept Snorlax down. And then also Avery's a card where it's like, it's kind of hard to draw if you play one copy when you need it. And uh, mm-hmm. Bodhi also didn't play Luminion. Also, you're not going to Luminion for Avery. That feels horrible. Uh, so you really yeah. need at least like two to three copies. So in the early part of the format, like you played Avery to like have a good Chen Pao matchup, but like that deck doesn't exist anymore. And then sometimes Avery, you're like letting your opponent take a Luminion off the board or Rotom off the board. So yeah, I'm not super surprised to see see Avery get the axe here. Yeah, me neither. Um, so moving on. So we have uh, in our top eight, we had Azul, Moffat, Makani, Tran, and Ian Rob, all very well-established players. Yep. Uh, let's start with Moffat's Maradon list. I never thought I'd see the day where it's not Moffat on Maradon, but we're, we're, we're here. We're here at that yep. day. Um, there's a lot of interesting things about this list that I want to kind of dive into. Um, the first thing was to Raichu V, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, super interesting. And then he also plays the Coco, a Tomb, a Zapdos. There's two experience shares. <laughs> there's still a 2-2 Flappy with two experience shares, and there's a little bit of a hybrid between Path and uh, Beach Core going on in there. So... Yeah. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this list, but what are your initial thoughts on the list? Yeah, so I think I can definitely see like what Moffat was going for. Like his card synergized really well. So you mentioned double ride two and experience share, like those go together. Uh, I think definitely mm-hmm. looking at this list, Moffat was trying to improve his Charizard matchup. So mm-hmm. uh it's really hard to ride two like multiple times, or even one time sometimes. Like you need six energy to knock out a Charizard, or even like a Guard EX, for example. Um so the experience share basically just like represents six damage staying on the board, and you can just put it on your like lowest priority on the bench that your opponent's not gonna boss to just like keep them in play. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. Uh Coco again, similar idea. Like a lot of Charizard decks play one switch card. So uh if you just vengeful shock a Charizard, um you can normally get it stuck there, get another two prizes. So that's nice. Um yeah, Spiritomb from Mew. He just wanted to be super teched out. He sells the squawk, so no, I think it's an interesting take. It's like a it, best of both worlds type of thing uh where he still has some of that speed he like cut some of the consistency to add this in but the power level was extremely high yeah and i like the i like the combo of, of coco with path as well right so yeah. you obviously shut off the pidgeot and go in with the coco um the other thing i wanted to say about this that i i actually really really liked is the fact you only play two Maradon. um i feel you get to a point in the game where once you have one down you just don't need it anymore so I like that kind of like space conserving that's going out with Maradon list now, how they're like cutting one Maradon. And then the other thing is no, no bravery charm, which mm-hmm. personally would give me fits, but he managed to do well. This deck was very anti Charizard. It also has a pretty good Tina matchup just because you have Coco EX. So you can hit like with the Iono Coco. It's pretty good yeah. um, on a Tina because they struggle to move that a lot of the time. So yeah, I can definitely see how he did well. He's obviously a fantastic player. So it all kind of works out there. Yeah. Um, moving on to McConney's list. Unless, do you have any final thoughts about Moffat, or are we good? Uh, no, I was just going to look up how many Charizards he beat on the weekend, and he didn't play against the one, so I guess like, we didn't get to see Actually? his theory. Yeah. But he did do very well against Giratina. He went uh, 1, 2, 3. He went 4 and 1 against Tina, then he tied his last one, so I think it was an ID, so okay. 
Uh, yeah, so really good. It's a very diverse top eight as well. It was a, a diverse going top on eight. here, which is good. And like, mm-hmm. honestly, bro, that's the thing I love about these formats. Like, stick around forever. You have time, and like, people have time to like just diversify everything and make everything kind of good. So last year, like, we didn't really feel that because Lugia was just dominating for like six months. But this yep. year, I think there's there's like four or five good decks that you win a tournament at any time. So yeah. Uh, moving on here to Makani's list, and this this is cool. Um, yeah. This is an Arceus Reggie Gigas deck. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't even know where to begin unpacking this. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's a Judge Path deck. Um, actually, he only plays one Judge, so like he's basically just saying, like, I'm going to Starbirth for it on the second turn if I want to go for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, anyways, he plays Ionopath. And then the Gigas is like a mega tank. So I guess against decks like Maridon, for example, like, they're gonna have a hard time knocking that out. Um because Charizard, like they might have a hard time knocking that out. And he plays the double Charon's care as well. So I mean trying to manipulate the price trade. Um they also play the Zation V, so like turn one, you can like kind of like spread your energy and protect uh against like a boss or something, which I thought was interesting. Um yeah, I don't have too much to say. Like I don't this deck doesn't feel very strong looking at it, but like I must be missing something. Like, I don't know. You also didn't have RCSV start in your top ten cards of twenty twenty three, so yeah. I mean, I, I just all... I just don't like Arceus. Like, I, I know neither do I. I agree. I agree. It's just like I look at this and I'm like, I feel like it's Giratina matchup on paper should not be good because Arceus just gets knocked out by like two eighty. If you Gigas, like they can just Star Requiem. I feel like it's Gardevoir matchup like can't be that good because it's not that hard to one shot these, uh, especially when Reversal Energy starts getting into the equation. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at his Pokey stats. Like he beat two Gardevoir. He he went one 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 against Tina. Uh, his one loss was John Ang, and then oh, then he ID'd at the end. So I don't know. I feel like he probably like hit a lot of good matchups because just in my head, like this has a bad Tina and Gardevoir matchup, and that's like thirty percent of the meta. So yeah, I'm surprised to see no V Guard energy in here. To be honest with you, um, surprising to me. And then the other yeah. thing is too, like. The, he he does play the Jirachi, he, he plays Squovit, he plays like all these like random 60 HP Pokemon that are in trouble a lot of the time against Mustina, so I don't know how that matchup goes, but it can't be good. Yeah. Uh, moving on, so Azul had the same Charizard list. Yeah. Um, we've kind of been over it, bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, Ian Rob, DT, Mew, with, uh, hey, you know what? I have a personal, uh, I, I like this list. Yeah. This is uh this is almost exactly what I played to Worlds. It's uh like if like if DT Mew with like a couple of fusion energy just get out of tomb. Mm. So I I mean I like the idea. It's like I just didn't feel like it was practical anymore with how much Gardevoir was running around, but and, and like Tina as well is not fantastic of a matchup if they can start Requiem and go through another one, but you know, yeah. whatever. He did well. He's yeah. better. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um Yep. I like it. I mean, we do see Spirit Tomb respect, so it's like a little three card package, which is actually a lot to protect against one card, but uh, Yeah. I mean I There's guess There's a lot of Mew up here though. Like yeah. a lot. Mew has a lot of uh space in the deck list. But yeah, Mew did really well this tournament. It had um three, four, five, six. It had six in top thirty two. Mm-hmm. Actually it had six in top sixteen. Which is like insane. <laughs> that's insane, dude. I don't know the last time that's happened. Like that's like thirty eight percent. Which is and mm-hmm. like it's day two play like wasn't that like high so like there's fourteen in day two and six of them made top sixteen so like the it just outperformed like crazy Mew will never die um yeah the deck's just super solid yeah there's a yeah there's a lot of Mew up here there's there's some cool decks up here though that I that I do want to talk about so 
one deck that we saw emerge a little bit in terms of like not so much placements but more so just like the amount played was roaring moon yep which is um something that kind of like creeping up to this event we kind of saw coming a little bit um it, it started to pop up a little bit more it started to do well and i think people are starting to realize like the deck is more like maridon like you're just trying to kill their best attackers as early as you can and just hope you can kind of cruise off of aggression alone so people are getting that people are taking the iron hands there's a lot of cool stuff going on here and there's also gold dango which is uh yeah. very exciting yeah, so um, Roaring Moon is interesting because I was looking at the people who did well and like they still all play different lists. So there's still not a consensus on how to play the deck. I saw Ross Cawthon had a very interesting build. He only played two Sada and he played Research and like two Galarian Moltres. He's like, that's how I think I should power them up, which was interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think the deck has a couple things going for it. It has a strong Giratina matchup, which obviously is very good in this format. Um, it's Charizard matchup is actually pretty decent too. I mean, like, cause once you get to the trading part of the game, like it's fine to just like knock yourself out if you're taking two prizes. Um, it's Gardevoir matchup is still horrendous. Like I, that's your worst matchup for sure. But like we see like Gardevoir is like a 10% deck. Like you don't have to be that scared of it. Um, it's like good into Maridon in my opinion as well, just since it's like lower maintenance for you to maintain knockouts. Um, I don't know. It's actually pretty solid. It's just, it's very linear. That's the problem with it. Like. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. boomer bust. Like if you miss your turn one attack, the game is like done on the spot pretty much. So I do think this deck is going to start creeping up and play a little bit more, especially now that it's like starting to see some results, getting some traction. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what the list is going to be. I really like the just consistent like pokey stop tracking shoes, like cross switcher version of playing the deck. I don't like starting to put in like dark cry and all this stuff to it. I think the deck has like one strategy. It's like go fast, take knockouts. I think you should like focus on that. Like play four energy switch, play four patch, four stop, four shoes, like four earthen vessel. Like to me, that's how the deck should be played. Uh, I don't think it has enough flexibility. Yeah, Yeah, I was just gonna say like the deck's like strategy. Like I don't think you need to start like mucking it up by putting in like all this like extra like stuff. Like just focus on being fast and taking knockouts. That's what the deck should focus on. Yeah, and in like absolute shift here podcast fashion, we will say there's not a lot of great players playing this deck typically. So that's also a barrier to it. Ross Cawthon is a fantastic player. Yeah. I was very surprised to see him playing this deck. Um, but typically this is more of like a big boom deck that, that the top players tend to like to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good. It's good to see it do well. And I hope people start picking it up because I think it's a really cool deck. And it's one of those ones that is probably going to survive rotation pretty well. Yep. Like, it's going to be one of those decks that you're going to see for a little while, so it's nice to see it kind of peek out. The coolest tech, I think, in Ross's list, and there's a lot of them, but Emergency Jelly yeah. <laughs> is actually a fantastic tech when you think about it. Um, I'm surprised it's the first time I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Emergency Jelly, like, even in Ross's list, like, he doesn't play Town Store, so it's like, how am I finding this? Um, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you do go through your deck really fast, but, like, you play Pokestop too, right? So, um, like, it's you're going to discard it sometimes. Um I don't know. If you do pull it off, it's super strong. Because, like, you stop your opponent from, like, just using, like, a little Pokemon to take out your Roaring Moon. Um, and he also played the two Ancient Booster Capsules. So, not a lot of decks play Vacuum. So, um, yeah, just having that, like, if you put a Booster Capsule and you just use Calamity Storm, like, it's not trivial to knock out a Roaring Moon that has 290 HP for a lot of decks. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. The list that placed highest, uh, Raymond Liu, he played uh, three Town Store. He played the Town Store build. Um, so you're, uh, giving up a little bit of consistency and speed, but in exchange, like you have access to forest stone, you get the booster capsule easier. So that's definitely interesting to me. True. Um, yeah, cause I don't actually play the booster capsule in my build right now. Just cause I like, I went all consistency, but it might be something I mess around with. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll play Roaring Moon at League Cups or something. See if this deck is, is real. 
Why not, right? Like, yeah. we're at that point of the, of the season where just YOLO, have fun. Yeah, exactly. Let's get to the part that I know you want to get to. Um, this has been pretty crazy to see. Uh, Chen Pao has top 32 to regional. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this it was crazy. It was Jared Grimes, the CPAO believer. This guy's, I think he's made day two almost every time he plays CPAO. So I don't have a lot to say here. Um, he played the version without Iron Hands. He literally just played Grand Shen's list from last format. So I was actually talking to mm-hmm. Lucas before the tournament. He was considering doing that as well. Um, the idea being you just want to go back to consistency and all that. Um, I do think if you play it without Iron Hands, your Maridon and your Roaring Moon matchup go way down. Um, but you're like, and consistency across the board that goes way up. Um, I still lean towards Iron Hands just since I think it gives you like an aggressive option. Like if you leave an Iron Hands and play, like you don't have to worry about your backs getting knocked out. Um, but no, I said I think Chen Pao was in a decent spot. Um, and like after like a lot of tournaments of Chen Pao flopping, uh, it's nice to see we still had three in day two here. So still not doing well, but like it's it's hanging on by a thread. Um, it's alive, dude. It's alive. Yeah. So I actually, it's all, I, it's all we need. I just wrote an article for Poke Beach on Chen Pao. So I don't know when that's going to come out, but if you guys want to go read my thoughts, uh, it'll be there as well. Um, nice. Yeah, I think anything else. Uh, Snorlax was hanging around again. Um I don't know. I think it was just a tough tournament for Snorlax with all the gear Tina. I mean, 20% of day two is Tina, so Snorlax is not going to have a fun time. Um, I did. I saw s- that one person like playing Snorlax. You get like Tina, 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 Tina. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> yeah, Hale got... You uh... No, yeah, no, you can't do anything. Like, if you face Tina, it's just like, alright, like, good game. Um, but Hale did get top 32 with the Pidgeot control deck again. Um, also, I just want to shout out Hale. Like, this guy has the nicest Limitless page I've ever seen. Like, his lowest result is a 31st. It's wow. so nice. It's like 2nd, 31st, 17th, 2nd, 3rd, 1st, 8th, 20th. Like, this is just clean. Uh, but yeah, oh, the, my God. Yeah, no, it's yeah, insane. Yeah, this is insane. Yeah, so, no, I think this Pidgeot deck, like Pidgeot Snorlax, I think it's a little underexplored. Uh, everyone's just, like, focusing on the normal Snorlax, but introducing Luxray V um, gives the deck like so much options because like one of the problems when you play normal snorlax is if your opponent does have text for you like for example say garb or plays like turo or something it's like they can just hold that until like they're ready to like really pull it off on you um so just being able to go aggressive with luxray and like if you keep like counter catching and like you keep ionoing you keep like spamming them like eventually you're gonna get to stick and like you can just start pulling things out and get them stuck so i really like that um, and he also added a radiant charizard and chi uex uh this this time around so the Radiant Charizard in there, I guess, is like just to take out threats late in the game. Because um, a common strategy is you like set up one Pokemon against Stall because you don't want to have things bossed and all that. So yeah, if your opponent goes like a solo Pokemon strat, you can just take it out with Charizard, which is interesting. Um, Chiyu, its attack is just discard top two of your opponent's deck. So I guess late in the game, once you do have your opponent like fully locked and like out of resources, this just accelerates it to try and help you with time. So uh, no, I think it's really creative. I think this deck is very good and underplayed and underexplored. Uh, it's Tina matchup is still not good, but I think this has pretty positive matchups against the rest of the format. And then also very exciting news. This is the Chiyu EX debut for Limitless. Is it? It's a big debut. Yeah. <laughs> Limitless had never seen Chiyu EX before. And to be honest with you, I had to hover over it to know what it did. Yeah, me too. So, hey, respect. Chiyu EX coming <laughs> to a stall near you. Yeah. I mean, um, oh. Last one I wanted to touch on before we uh, get over this whole thing is Goldengo. Yeah, my boy. You go, 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 nuts um, with Goldengo. 
Yeah, go crazy with Goldango. <laughs> so this is uh this is like a spin off the Japanese list. So I played the Palkias and played the Greninja with the Switchers. Um, but the one cool thing you had in it is Zinnia's Resolve. And I really like this card because when I was playing Goldango, I've been playing a lot with my clients this week, uh, uh, just playing Goldango and trying to refine it and stuff. I like Zinnia's because the old list played four worker, right? So you're drawing mm-hmm. three cards a turn, but the only way you really lose is if you don't draw what you need. So Zinnia's just drawing you an extra two, three cards is all the difference in the world. And you're not like a, a typical deck that can play research or I don't know or any of that stuff. So I like this. I like this a lot. This double Zinnia's business is pretty good. Uh, one super odd's good. I, I I just like this list. Fun. Yeah. Um. What do you think about not playing Milotic? Because this list does seem a little weak to like Roxanne Path. Um. Mm. I mean, you do play four stop three worker, but like you're saying, like you are a combo deck late in the game. Like you need a lot of cards. Um. Because I know I saw another person in day two was playing the Milotic. Uh, I just pulled it up here. Yeah, like Frank Soul, and I think. No, Tony wasn't. Tony was playing Toad Scrolly X and Gimme Ghoul. Interesting. We can talk about that. But um, yeah, like, so do you think like it's okay to play the deck without the Milotic? The Milotic has felt like super pretty so far. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those things like it's um it's super win more. And it's like it's been tough like in, in actuality to get that card out a lot of the time just because you play a one one, you play a one one Palkia, like just so many one ofs that like the deck gets kind of convoluted. Um the one thing I would say is like I've been playing a build with one of my students that plays Heavy Ball. Okay. So you, you kind of just go in with Heavy Ball and you, you kind of mitigate that whole, oh, I prized one piece of this and now the whole strategy is kind of overturned things. So I don't mind it. I do think you need a Heavy Ball or you need some sort of like maybe a thicker line of some sort. I just don't like playing 1-1 Palkia. So if like playing my Lodic is sacrificing 1-1 line of Palkia, I'm not a huge fan. But if you can make it work with both, then yeah, I think it's great. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I haven't really played this deck, so I, I'm not an expert on it, but it seems fun. So it's like, fun. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to give it a try. Uh, what does Toadscrew EX do? It's prevent uh, all prevent effects all of, if you have an energy on your Pokemon. Okay, that seems pretty good, actually. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Okay. What effect are you trying to block? Like, Star Requiem, you block, you block... Mm-hmm. Actually, does Star Requiem go through it? No, Star Requiem goes through it. You block Sableye. No, it doesn't, it doesn't go through it. It doesn't? No, prevent all effects of attacks used by your opponent's Pokemon to all your Pokemon. But doesn't Giratina say ignore all effects on your opponent's Pokemon? No, I don't think it does. Oh, it doesn't? No, in the V-Star, no. Oh, okay, then yeah, you do stop it then. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it also stops Stabilize. So it, I think it's it's more so just to help your Gimme Ghouls survive because they just have awful hit points, right? So um, like a big a big downfall of uh, Goldengo itself is the fact that the Call for Family ones at 50 HP, similar mm-hmm. to Pidgey. So if you have a 50 and a 70 on your bench, you're one Sableye away from getting that wiped. So most of the lists play like a 2-2 blend. So what this one does is, uh, well, they, they also play a 2-2 blend. Uh, this is Tony Vuong, really, really cool guy. I don't know if you've ever met him. He's a funny guy. Um, uh, but basically, like, you play both, and then you block it with the Toad Scrolls so that your Sableye mm. can kind of... Uh, or sorry, their Sableye doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, but like, what I do like about Goldengo overall right now is that I feel like people just don't really rate it as a deck. Like, there's not a lot of attention being put into it. So you can kind of get away by just blowing stuff up and and having people be unprepared for what you can do. So yeah. I do like that. Yeah. Um, there's a couple more fun decks. There was an Iron Valiant Greedent. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, I did. Yeah. So that was funny. So the idea is you just soften things up with Valiant, and then you. Uh, turn a profit for 30 uh, <laughs> once they're low to take them out. Uh, That's so jokes. Yeah, and then uh, they put like Toy Catcher, which was cool. I I don't know if that card has made a Limitless before. 
Uh, oh no, it has actually. But uh, no, that was cool. I thought that was fun. Um, there was an Arceus Superior deck that made top thirty-two. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was cool. I played against one of those in LAIC actually. Um, but yeah, like it's like we're saying, like there's tons of options in this format. You can do well with whatever. Um, so no, I think we're in a healthy spot right now. Yeah, no, I like the format right now, and I think it's only going to get better as people diversify more and more. Um, so now we're kind of entering that stretch of like, there's a lot of tournaments coming up like pretty fast, and mm-hmm. people are trying to look forward to U- UIC stuff like that. So um, I actually just wrote an article too about like mental states and Pokemon and like what to do if you're in a slump because I find that this time of year, at least for myself, is like when you're stuck in a stale format and you've tried like every single deck there is to offer, it's easy to get stuck in a slump. It's easy to kind of get in this place where you're like, all right, nothing works for me. I hate this format. What do I do to be successful? Yep. Um, so just like keeping that in mind for the next like four months, what would be your suggestions for some of these people maybe struggling to kind of get out of these slumps and maybe not finding a deck that really resonates with them? Uh, yeah, my advice would be just like keep playing. <laughs> like eventually you're going to break through yeah. if you just like play well. Um, but like if you're like not enjoying a deck, like just switch, like don't get stuck. Um, and then maybe if you can't find a deck you like, just pick a tier one deck, like pick Tina, pick Charizard, pick Gardevoir, and just be like, all right, I'm just going to play this anyways and main it. Um, if you're a strong player and you play a good deck, like that's normally like going to lead to good results. Um, mm-hmm. And then like if you are burnt out, you're not doing well, like honestly, just take a tournament or two off, uh, like recharge, like don't, like Pokemon should be fun. So like don't put yourself through tournaments just for the sake of doing tournaments. Yeah, that helped me a lot too. Like I was going through a rough spot this year too, and I just took like two weeks off. I didn't think about Pokemon once, and I just felt like so refreshed when I got back. Like you feel you actually want to work again. Yeah. So I agree with that. I agree with that fully. Um, other than that, there's not a whole lot going on uh, this next week. We have Charlotte in a couple weeks, but not a whole lot going on Pokemon wise. Uh, there were a couple leaks of the new set. Nothing really too groundbreaking from what I've seen. I mean, there was the Poffin card. That's pretty good. Oh yes, sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, so VIP's back. Yeah, VIP's back, but only for 70 HP or less Pokemon. So it's basically just a buffed any evolution deck, which is massive, um, which I really am excited about. Um, I mean, Charizard's already good, so this is going like, to be even better for it. But just like if you want to play any deck that evolves now, you have this. And having the option to use this throughout the game is like massive. Like One of the problems is like, you whiff VIP past turn one, like you have to rely on like Nest Ball and Ultra Ball the rest of the game, which feels really bad. So yeah, now just being able to get like two Gimme Ghoul, two Ralts, two Charmander, two Pidgey, like whatever, like it's super good. Uh, and like Lost Zone decks can use this, but like it only grabs Comfy. Um, but maybe Lost Zone decks start playing like Ditto now because Ditto can be grabbed off this. So no, True. really, really, really good card. I'm really happy with it. Um, and Neil, what do you think? I like it. I think it's anytime we can slow down the format, I'm happy or make like these evolution decks a little bit better. I'm happy. So that's solid. I'm happy to, to see that kind of go. Uh, the one thing I wanted to touch on before we hopped off is uh, Moonlit Hill. I think that's yes, called. Moonlit Hill is coming out that, finally. That's a cool card, bro. And like, what do you think is going to be the composition of these Guardians now? So, what do you cut to accommodate for Moonlit Hill? I mean, you kind of have to cut maybe like the vacuum. I mean, okay, right now it's like vacuum artisan collapsed. I don't think you can cut yeah. collapse. The effect is too strong. Artisan, you're cutting consistency. Like vacuum is not a consistency card, but it's just like nice. So, like, Vacuum's probably the first one to go. Um, but if you're playing, like, a lot of consistency, like Luminion or something, like, maybe Artisan can go. Because um, it is super strong having the option to basically... Now, Arcana, like, uh, you can put 8 on it, like, just by using that card. Um, so, mm-hmm. if you put 8, like, you're basically... You're one-shotting everything, I think, right? 
Uh, not everything. Not uh, not VMAXs. Not VMAXs, but you're pretty much like you can attach and like, one shot everything. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it'll be good. I like it too. I'm excited to see it come out. I didn't know if we were really going to get it just because of like the way the uh, release pattern went and how we didn't have it for so long. But yeah, uh, happy we're getting it here. I think someone said the only tournament this is going to be legal for before rotation is Vancouver. So like we might only see Garden really? Rangers at once. <laughs> yeah. But, like, just another thing is, like, from looking at results in Japan, like, a lot of times when I look at Gardevoir lists, like, they don't even play this card. So, like, I don't even know how big it will be. Like, it'll at most be a one-off, I think. Because, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to draw when you need it as well. Like, there's no stadium search. Um, it's discard an energy draw and heal, heal 30, right? yeah, from everything. That's kind of tough, bro. Like, you're coexisting co with Greninja, dude. It's kind of tough. Yeah, I mean... It's, like, good, but, like, it's not, like, crazy broken, like, I think what people thought when it first got revealed. Um, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of fallen reversal energies. Yeah. Of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there's a couple other cards I thought were interesting. There's one called Mist Energy. Um, it's, mm -hmm. like, if it's attached to a Pokemon, prevent all effects of attacks. Um, so, basically stop Star Requiem, stop Sableye. Um, it's pretty good. It's, like, Stealthy Hood back in the day. Um, so some decks can probably fit this in. I mean, there's no way to, like, search energy right now, special energy, that's, like, really popular, so again, like, you're gonna have to, like, probably play this in higher counts. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any other commentary on that, Anil? Yeah. Dude, it's just, it's, uh, it's the time of the year, man. Like, there's just not a whole lot going on. We're, like, dying for card scans. It's just, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a cool card, but, like, we also don't know how this is gonna impact the meta yeah. until it kind of drops itself. Um, what I'm looking to do for the next few weeks, and like, actually, we didn't even discuss this on off air, but whatever. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we can get in a, a cool guest next week to do like a deck profile for us. Mm -hmm. Um, looking to do that, just kind of spice up our content, like going forward. Um, this giveaway for Manta is a huge thing for us to kind of give back to all of you guys who are who are here every single week, listening to us babble on sometimes for 30 minutes about Portland, Oregon regionals, <laughs> and we appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, we're always here. We're always open to suggestions as well. And, like, we're, I, I want to do another Ask Me Anything episode again. That was so much fun. So yeah. hopefully we can do that soon. Yeah, 100%. I uh, would love to do yeah. that. Yeah. No, that's that's all we got this week for you guys. This is a super short episode. Damn. <laughs> got to run some more ad rolls or something, bro. <laughs> like, six more sponsors for the end. $5. I'll say whatever you want me to say. Yeah. I mean, we've had two great back-to-back -back sponsors uh, to lead off our episode. So hopefully we can keep them coming. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Ali Reza Sorma didn't call me back this week. I know, man. I thought the ad yeah, read was pretty ridiculous. good. Yeah, I, dude, honestly, for what it was, I thought I did an all right job, but you know, maybe it wasn't good enough. So <laughs> we have uh, we have a really funny one for next week. Actually, that was sent in by a listener already. So I'm excited to deliver that one. Y'all should be excited to hear that one. Um, for the giveaway as well, I didn't mention, but it's the uh, winner is going to be announced next week on next week's episode. Uh, just at the beginning, so you don't have to actually have to listen to the whole thing. Just. Uh, <laughs> Pop in here if it's your name and then uh, DM us to claim it. But yeah, we're, we're giving away those. Uh, just a reminder, follow all of us, subscribe, and comment your favorite deck down below. And if you put like, I don't know, Greed and VMAX, you might get an extra point or two, but <laughs> you didn't hear that here. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all the best, everybody, in your uh, weekly endeavors. Get out, get some League Cups, some League Challenges, get those finishes done, man. We're almost at that time of year where you don't want to be doing those anymore, so. Do those at your leisure or get them done. We'll see you back next week. Yep. Take it easy, everyone. Peace.